welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Alana Parker. We rewatch every episode of Ali McBeal through 2020 eyes. Yeah. Again. And Eleanor is cleaning her <laughs> laptop. That's what I was like. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> well, I ran a wipe over it because it's a bit dusty. And then, like, I ran it over the camera and then it made it look like it. Well, I was in soft focus. <laughs> yeah, you did again. for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a sepia-toned Ali McBeal fantasy. <laughs> For oh, a hot second. Dear, mate. Yeah. Oh, dear. How are you? Good. Yeah. Feeling all right. Feeling okay. Uh, how about you? Do you do you, do you want to dance? Do, do, do I want to dance? I always want to dance. Um. I uh. I was just thinking. I don't know about whether about you feel the same thing, but I whether about I feel the same thing. <laughs> I literally cannot get Anna, my words in the right words order today. Properly. <laughs> I literally just wished Laura Jane's husband. I hope he gets soon well. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's feeling a bit under the weather today. So she was like, I hope he's um gets soon well. <laughs> what? So yeah, what are you trying to say? You don't know whether wish I like what, what? is that lassie? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, someone stuck down the mic. trying to say what i was trying to say is that i don't know about you you can tell us come on (laughs) (laughs) but with ali mcbeal season three i kind of felt like before billy died um the season was starting to get a bit kind of stagnant and a bit like covering old ground and i was getting a bit ticked off with it but i kind of feel like (laughs) since right ground off Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like since he's died, like it's really like shaken things up a bit, and like things are a lot more interesting. A, ironically, since he's died, everyone's got a new lease of life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just goes to show. Sometimes you have to cut off the dead leg for the rest of it to survive. <laughs> Get rid of that dead weight, and uh, yeah, yeah, dragging us back. <laughs> yeah dragging us back you know i agree with you i think i was feeling the same like i knew the billy death was coming mm. which is why i was like it's gonna that. get good soon at least, at least for one episode yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah exactly but, it's, um, but actually even after him dying it's been good like last episode with ali's 30th birthday like yes she's annoying and i can't believe they've made a whole episode out of turning 30 but it was a really fun episode with yeah, the party least, and everything at so. least we're seeing like new stuff I feel like you know yeah. things that uh yeah even if it's like completely bonkers like getting suffocating in someone's breast like it's it's yeah. new <laughs> yeah new suffocation it's new new breast great good yes so yeah so, so this I feel like this episode continues that yeah, trend so do I. somewhat as well yes yes so okay uh, so what to- are we what are we doing Eleanor Today... I didn't just ask you to dance for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Today we are watching... No, we're not. We're talking about uh, season three, episode 19, called Do You Wanna Dance? And do you, do you, do you wanna dance? Is that a song or have I just made that up? I don't know. I definitely think a song called Do You Wanna 
dance is in the episode, if memory... It is, but it's not that song. No. So I'm like, you just, I just make up. up a song? <laughs> okay, all right, fine. Um, and do you want to dance? First aired 8th of May 2000. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the Naughties. The other decade more problematic than it looks. The UK number mm-hmm. one. I'll give yeah. you the uh, artist. Oxide uh-huh. and Neutrino. Bubble about bubble, reload. Nobody take only that reload. Brackets. Wow. Casualty <laughs> wow. I'm so impressed that you got that. That's really good. Oh, come I was on. Like, I could, I, 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 it rings a bell, but I would not have been able to tell you how that song went Bad at for all. the reload. I completely so, didn't for anyone in America, because I'm... 99% sure this would not have crossed the shores and translated because this was so let us never forget never forget that 2000 was the year that UK Garage hit the charts yes. and boy did it hit it yeah um, and I miss those days because I really loved Garage, Garage and yeah. I still do yeah. to this to this day it was kind of like the the grime precursor i think yeah so it was that kind of like vibe um but just with a slightly different type of beats yeah um, i'm no like i'm no like black music expert but um that was the kind of um i think that's kind of how the history tracks um from what i learned and read the few, the few bits that i have but um yeah garage was huge in 2000 and for the next couple of years really yeah um and i loved it and this um this song <laughs> <laughs> this song was a UK garage tune that sampled the theme song of to basically the UK's version of ER, ER which yeah. was Casualty, which was a TV show very similar to ER in America, except it was it British and called Casualty <laughs> and wasn't, yeah, not the people working in Casualty on that show were not as attractive <laughs> as ER. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was it was a garage tune that basically sampled that theme tune, and so and it was like bum for the bum bum for the reload. Can everyone just stop getting shot? Because <laughs> that's I just what it play had it? like this break. Can, no, can I just yeah, no, play, it? Can. I, play I, it? Yeah, I just want to be reminded of it. See, casualty. That heartbeat. <laughs> can't hear that bit yet. Yeah, it's like the gunshot. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Wait for the casualty bit. It's still better. Oh, that's okay. Come on, they do this for a bit. <laughs> but it, there's this 
bit in the middle of the track where the, the beat falls away and there's like a break and it has like it samples a scene from Casualty that was notable Stop. because it was one Shoot of the it. few storylines where someone shoots Shut. someone. Stop getting shot. <laughs> yeah. Stop getting yeah. shot. Yeah. Can everyone Stop. just stop getting shot? Yeah. And then it's like. <laughs> yeah, that's notable because people don't shoot people in the UK. No. <laughs> It's laughable that you build an entire song around someone going, can everyone just stop getting shot? And it's like, nobody's getting shot. Like, the entirety of the UK is like, we're not doing anything. <laughs> I mean, clearly sometimes it does happen, especially in inner cities. I'm not trying to make light of when it does happen because accidents happen. But yeah, it's not a common it, it, occurrence. In the UK, yeah, gun crime is, is nowhere. You tend to be, it's tend to be more stabbing yeah yeah but um but yeah it was what a tune i swear i'm gonna listen to that after this <laughs> oh my god Great. hilarious oh yeah it's still me yeah. <laughs> and i was like well i've got nothing else to say that's the pinnacle of my cultural stuff achievements i'm, I'm re- now retiring this segment <laughs> I just started cultural stuff. That's so funny. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, the US number one is still Santana with Maria Maria. Um, Which is great, but it's no oxide and neutrino. Let's let's just be real. Let's just (laughs) lay the facts here. They should have won the Grammy. (laughs) Okay, um, 12th of May, uh, Coupling debuts on the BBC. Do you remember? I used to have this on DVD. I oh, loved yeah, Coupling. Did, didn't you? So good. It was like meant to be like the UK's answer to Friends. Yeah. It was like six, 20 something, like three boys, three girls Ooh. that always used to hang out in a bar together. <clears throat> And yeah, it was, yeah, it was really, I thought it was underrated. I actually really I, enjoyed it. I reckon that that would be another show that if you watched it now, you'd be like, oh, oh my God, there's so much like stuff yeah. here that is dated badly. Um, but I still reference some things from that show because do you not remember <laughs> Richard, I think the name of the character is, um, the kind of... Um, Welsh guy. Oh, uh, yes. That's like the best friend. So Jack Davenport, who's quite big now, he's yes. in Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff. Yeah. He was like the lead guy. Yeah. Like he was like lead, the Ross. Like Ross of the Ross and Rachel mm. kind of thing. Yeah. And um, his like best friend was a, a Welsh guy called Richard. Um, I forget the actor's name, but he's really funny. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yes, he, there was I an episode where they were talking about him having sex and like the sock gap. Do you remember the, the sock, sock gap? gap? Oh, what, when you're stood there naked <laughs> apart from socks and you look ridiculous? Is that what it was? Yeah, so if you're going to have sex with someone, you have to find the sock gap because otherwise you'll end up having sex with your socks on <laughs> and you look ridiculous. <laughs> so you have to take your socks off. At some point. <laughs> so yeah, I still think about that. Like, don't forget the sock gap. <laughs> 
yeah, funny, was, you know, like uh, we were talking about last episode where it was like uh, we th- were commenting about how like Ali being sort of so upset about turning 30 was like felt dated now. Um, yeah. I, uh, there was definitely one of the female characters was a woman who was like constantly concerned about oh, growing yeah. old. Definitely, Do you remember? Definitely, definitely. I forget her name, I but do. I know the one you mean. But yeah. I, it just occurred to me like another example of that in the culture of like women being terrified of being older. Like, um, yeah. It, yeah, it just reminded me of that. If anyone who, uh, is into British shows um, and loves podcasts. Um, we've mentioned them a few times, but um, Anglophilia, um, they did an episode on coupling. Oh, did they? They're two American ladies who I love. They're part of Lady Pod Squad. Um, Kaylee and Steph uh, talk about a different British show each episode. And yeah, they did an episode on coupling, which I really enjoyed because I was like, I had no idea that it even went over to the States. So you can yeah. even get your hands on it in the States because it's just so British. Yes. But clearly you can because yes. they've watched it. But yeah, um, so funny. But I think so funny. everything kind of um, British is now way more accessible than it ever used yes. to be. Like, I think um, that's true. Because of streaming. Yeah. Once upon a time, like, uh, an American audience wouldn't have, like, any fucking clue what you were talking about if it was a British show. Whereas nowadays, yeah. there's a chance that, yeah. It's a much uh, they more global marketplace. It. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and also, okay. lastly, on the 12th of May, the Tate Modern Art Museum is open to the public in London. Oh, wow. I didn't realise that opened in 2000. I thought it was older than that. No, it's modern. I love the Tate Modern. That's one of my... That's what, <laughs> but I love the Tate Modern. It's one of the best museums in London, I think. I really enjoy I, it there. Yes, I, I, I think I've only been there once, I think. Maybe twice. Yeah. But I definitely liked it when I went. Yeah, I've been loads of times. We used to go quite a lot. It's just one of those... It's just very accessible. It's just... Um, you know easy to go in and just see what's what and it's it doesn't feel too overwhelming modern <laughs> <laughs> yes art's for everyone now not just it's snobs modern yeah <laughs> thoroughly modern tate <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly 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 oh dear okay and yeah that's all i've modern. got <laughs> Good. <laughs> laughing over modern yes. it's okay modern. so let's get into wanting to dance i suppose so, um modern this dance? episode <laughs> no just dancing i mean maybe who knows i'm not gonna put limits on it okay cool. so uh this episode starts with some mysterious music as we see Renee. More Renee. More I'm Renee. so glad she's back. We can clap um, this, yes. Re- yes. Renee is boiling a kettle and she is getting ready for bed. Um, and she hears some weird noises coming from Ali's room. Now, maybe I'll comment on this later, but just how would you describe those noises, Eleanor? Um... Just, I, I swear one of them sounds like a giggle. I don't yeah, know. Giggling. Yeah, like giggling, squealing. Yeah. Like, like a 
schoolgirls type thing. Yeah. Like a child. (laughs) Like a child. Yeah. Um, So anyway, so hold that thought. Um, But as the kettle (laughs) comes to a boil, Renee has had enough trying to figure out what the hell's going on in there. And she just bursts into Ali's room with this look on her face that says, explain yourself. And Ali is like lying on her bed, like, nothing to see here um and renee starts looking um and she sort of leans over ali and deduces that ali has just had sex and she starts looking for the other party in her closet and ali is like you are crazy there's no one there and renee is like but your face gets this look when you have sex and that's what you look like and ali is like nobody is here and renee's like oh okay thinking of anyone i know and i'm like okay so the implication is she's been masturbating but i'm sorry those are not the noises of someone (laughs) having a wank (laughs) do you not think that was the wrong time to take a sip of coffee i nearly died um That's, uh, like I, maybe maybe you might be giggly and coquettish if someone else in, was in the there? room with you <laughs> but she's on her own and you don't go oh, stop it to yourself do you know what I mean like you're not performing for anyone yeah oh, don't put your hand there you cheeky strange you're right you're right yeah yes the noises do not add up with the activity that's what we're led to believe is that that's what's happening and Ali is like get out and Renee's like fine and then she turns and spies Ali's extremely thick boy early 2000s laptop (laughs) open (laughs) on her vanity and Ali's like Oh, no, 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 don't no, look don't look at that. That's just, <laughs> that's just my journal. Um, and Renee's like, remember when you used to tell me everything? And I'm like, Renee, you haven't been here. How am I supposed <laughs> to tell you things? <laughs> um, and basically, Renee eventually gets her to admit that she was on the internet having computer sex. <laughs> that's a term that never caught <laughs> what the fuck does that mean and then Renee just Renee is just like computer sex and Ali just goes it was amazing and then we're in titles <laughs> this oh is the God. most 2000 storyline ever I just think this is hilarious I, know. I was like of course of course the internet and sex had to come up somewhere At in some David point. E. Kelly's yes. warped mind yes absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, so, so here we are. Is what we're dealing with. After, <laughs> after titles, Ali is now out of her bedroom. She's in their cozy, cozy living room. There's a fire going. It looks delightful. There's popcorn. What more could you want? And she's telling Renee that apparently they've been emailing back and forth for months. 
Um, but this is the first time they've ever, you know, done done computer sex. Um, and Renee seems really skeptical. And she's like, this guy, he's probably got two heads and he's got a criminal record. And also, why haven't you met in real life yet? So Renee's really playing the role of, you know, uh, internet panic you yeah. know everyone on the internet is a fucking weirdo yeah. which is hilarious looking back at it because obviously literally everyone Everyone's you're almost a weirdo internet. if you're not on the internet yeah um but i do remember that time i remember Absolutely. it so well because i was quite an early early adopter of the internet as soon as we got it i was like a teenager and going on it and there was just this huge like oh be careful you never know who you're talking to it could be a complete weirdo which yes of course there are weirdos out there but it was just funny that there was this assumption that to go on the internet you must have something wrong with you yeah so you must be a creep yeah which is not the case not, not, in the vast yes. majority of situations yeah so yeah anyway there was this real panic about the internet so she was like you why haven't you met in real life and Annie's like well the anonymity of it is part of what makes it exciting um and also she thinks he's probably married and Renee's like you've had sex with a married man and Annie's like it's not sex you know I'm basically burst out laughing when Renee does that because I'm like oh I know I thought this was really judgmental of Renee knowing Renee and knowing her to be somewhat open-minded well yeah uh, and also uh, you know someone who usually has quite a level head on her like to be like oh my god you're having sex with a married man it's like no she's not chill out I know and Annie's like it's it's not sex and also it's it's basically just fantasizing about a married man and also I don't even know if he is married I just think he is because he's the one that's been more reluctant to actually meet up and she's like I would do it in a second um but she says he seems really great because when Billy died he knew exactly the sorts of things to say and that was really helpful and Renee's like ah he's a priest and Annie's like no he's just a guy and Renee's like if he was just a guy and he wasn't married, then he would have agreed to meet you. And Ali's like, yeah, okay, maybe you're right. I will, I will meet him. I'll, she decides she's going to meet him. So yeah. the next day it is morning meeting time at Cajun Fish. And Richard is introducing the case of this week, which is Bender versus Hanks, which Mark and Ali are working on. Now, This case is about a guy called Jimmy Bender and he is apparently suing his best friend Peter Hanks for emotional distress because he slept with his wife. Um, And Richard is like, how is it even possible to sue for that? Like, that that doesn't make any sense. And I was like, this is a good question, Richard. And we will come back to this in retrial. (laughs) But... Nell has no time for this and she asks them to move it along because she's got a busy day ahead. And John goes, well then, let's by all means speed it up. Frosty the snow girl has plans. (laughs) (laughs) So things are still not good with those two. And everyone turns to look at him and Nell is like, you can't talk to me like that just because you're the senior pipsqueak. (gasps) I mean, partner. And then she announces to everyone that actually she wants to be made partner. When's that happening? Because she generates the most business here and therefore she should be compensated accordingly. But John just goes over my dead body, which would still be a few degrees warmer than yours, you rich bitch elitist ice queen. And Nell does this like, 
weird smile at him and he does his like therapy smile back and i was like oh john you are on thin ice with this this one not good Um, yeah no and it seems ali agrees because she then takes john to her office to say that he can't talk like that and john goes of course i can you heard me i didn't even stutter and i was like i love that for john well done Um, but Ali's like, look, she's an associate that you've had sex with and she could very definitely sue you. And John's like, John seems to have this really cavalier attitude. He's like, oh, let her try. You know what she is, Ali? I've never used this word describing any woman before, but with her, it's what she is. And Ali's like, look, you can't do this. It, you, you, you're going to get into real trouble. And John is just like, she ended it to my buttocks. She looked me right in the ass and then dumped it. And I was like, yes, it was cowardly, but you cannot act out like this because it is against the law. And John just goes balls to the law and leaves and slams the door. And I'm like, Eesh. This is not the attitude to have. But also, I do just want to say, like, yeah, Ali is obviously absolutely right and John needs to listen to her. But at the same time, I am loving Frosty the Snow Girl as a new nickname. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was inspired as well. It was very good. Um, So we are in the courthouse now getting started on this case. So Jimmy Bender is on the stand being questioned by Mark. And he's explaining that he has known Peter since high school and they were there together in college. And, you know, he was even the best man at his wedding. And Mark goes, well, it turns out he was the best man with your wife too, I guess. (laughs) And then we get this (laughs) objection from opposing counsel, who is a British lawyer played by an actor called Tim Dutton, who I mainly know from Ali McBeal. (laughs) Um, did you recognise the guy playing Jimmy? No, I didn't. He's an actor called James Denton, um, who I recognise from Desperate Housewives. He's like Mike oh. from Desperate Housewives. Did you ever watch Desperate oh, Housewives? Is he? Yes, 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 yes. I love Desperate Housewives. Yes, I know who Mike is. Who dated Terry Hatch's yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. Oh, no, I didn't notice that. I Clearly, I was too busy focusing on tim dutton but yeah he's um tim dutton is playing a british lawyer we don't find out his name until later um but his name is brian um and and brian seems to take ali's fancy um because she suddenly notices that he's there and that he's you know looks a bit like hugh grant i suppose yeah floppy hair and the yeah. british you know like demeanor um, and then <laughs> Yeah, Mark continues his questioning and as Bender is talking about how he moved to Boston with his wife for his job, like she had no friends here. And so he asked Peter to help her get involved with things. Basically, he asked him to help him look after his wife. And it turns out he certainly did that because they started sleeping together and they did it for two years whilst continue like still pretending that he was his friend essentially um and as this is happening Ali and Brian start sort of eye flirting as Vonda starts singing you see this guy this guy's in love with you and like the music sort of 
You did a funny face then. Was that my singing? You were like... (laughs) (laughs) I just accidentally uh, scratched myself on the side of the face. I was like, what did I do? Um, So, yeah, so... Uh, Vonda's singing that song and I won't sing it again in case other winters at me. <laughs> um, she's singing This Guy's In Love With You um, and that is drowning out Jimmy's testimony. And then in slow motion, Brian gets up and he's looking at Ali and she's like, ooh, he's coming over. But then record scratch, he's, he's just getting up to cross-examine the witness. <laughs> like, nothing to do with Ali. Um And he says um, that Jimmy has said many times that he blames himself for the demise of the marriage. And Jimmy's like, yes, I do blame myself. I blame myself for putting my trust in Peter. Um, And he also actually agrees that he had neglected his wife, but that was why he trusted his best friend to look after her. And he says that he he admits that he wasn't home a lot. Um, And then Brian says, well, in fact, hadn't it been like months since you last had sex? It'd even been months since you kissed. And then when he turns to like look right at Ali and goes, your lips never touched hers. So I don't know about you, but I found the way Jimmy is talking about his wife like really terrible. Like in terms of like, he openly admits that like, he was neglecting her. And then he's like, and that's why I asked my best friend to help me look after my wife. Like, I was like, she's not yeah. a fucking puppy. Like, I know. He says that about looking after all the time. Like, it's just really I was, terrible. When he first started saying about looking after his wife, I was like, was she like disabled was she did she have like something that she needed specific help with that you were meant to be there for and you couldn't be there or you know whatever yeah and it's like no she they just moved to a new city yeah like, she's capable of going out there and finding friends yeah. like she doesn't it, need someone to help but her. it was just like I am too busy to fulfill the emotional needs of my wife so yeah. I'll just you know like have my best friend do all of that work um you know as if it is you know asking him to come and walk your dog for you like every know, other day yeah. it's just like really really odd I was just kind of like Bizarre. I'm surprised this woman had an affair <laughs> like no, you're treating I'm not. her like really pet. odd <laughs> I know. So so Ali has gone straight from court to find Renee and Georgia because um, she now believes that Brian is her computer guy. Um, and Georgia's like, I'm sorry, what? And Renee <laughs> fills her in and it's like, Ali had computer sex with someone. And Georgia is like, <gasps> like shocked face. Um, and Ali is basically convinced that it's Brian because he used her email name and I was like lol in two of his questions and George is like so just ask him then ask him if it is him and Ali's like oh yeah but what if I'm wrong like I beg your pardon did you touch yourself last night thinking of me while reading my emails (laughs) (laughs) emails I was like the concept that this is emails is just so 
funny, funny. to me because I'm like, surely it would be chat a chat room, room yeah. of some kind, I, I, not I think emails. I think it is because when we see the her typing to him later, it is like a message. Like, it's not emails that they're well, sending back and forth. to me, it just looks like a Word document. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that is not is like how that works. But Kelly sure. Rowland and Excel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Excel on her phone. Yeah, I know. I'm like, you guys don't understand how the internet works. I don't know what you've mocked up here, but it's not the way that this it's works. It's not going to have computer sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, it was really funny. But anyway, <laughs> Ali decides that the best thing to do is just to demand that this internet guy uh, meets her in person and then she'll know for sure. I love this, like, coffee, girly gossip time at Renee's yes. office with Renee, Georgia and Go I. Go there like, more often. More of this, please. <laughs> like, yes, it's so good. exactly. I loved it. Because I miss, I I miss mean, really? Georgia. I miss Renee. I like, know. I, I miss I want both more of them. Of this, please. I miss Whipper. Where's Whipper? <laughs> yeah, last time we saw her yeah. was at Billy's funeral. I know. Um, so yeah, so back at Cajun Fish, Nell is not letting this partner thing go. She's basically up Richard's butt as he walks into his office, um, badgering him that he promised that she would be partner in two years. And that was when I was like, huh, I guess it is nearly two years since she started. Because she started at the beginning of season two and we're nearly at the end of season three. So that makes sense. Um, (laughs) But anyway, Richard is like, Oh, well, yeah, I, I did consider that. But when I did the analysis, it's not going to work out. And I was like, why not? And then Richard pulls out like two pie charts that he's had printed onto cardboard with stands like ready to display them and to show her his analysis, complete with a pointy stick, which he produces from his pocket. And these charts consist of, there's one that is a pie chart in half like 50 50 showing him and john and then the second is the pie split into thirds with him john and nell and he's like if you were partner i get less you know more less more less you can't ignore the research now and if i did that then how can i look myself in the mirror or face others being generous doesn't earn respect, Nell. People may smile and say thank you, but underneath they're thinking sap. Leaders don't give away money. You keep as much for yourself as you can. You try to get more, even when you don't need it. Giving away money makes you a fool in other people's eyes, especially in the business world. I need to be a good leader, Nell, not a charitable sap. I would love to see you get richer, but not at the cost of my own self-respect. <laughs> I was like, if that isn't the most Richard answer ever. And Nell's face is thunderous and she promises him that there will be consequences for this Richard and I believe her <laughs> and but then Richard sits down and he's looking at the graphs like there's no other way like this is the only way surely like she can't ignore it <laughs> it's just like the numbers just don't add up like <laughs> <laughs> come on but just I just love the fact that up. he's like had them printed like he would have had to have gone to like a, a print shop for someone to print this. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't have had those facilities <laughs> at Cajun Fish. Oh, God. It's very funny. So, Mark arrives back at the office from court and he sees John as soon as he steps off the elevator and he's like, oh, John, um, 
how's it going? And John takes this opportunity seeing Nell in kind of behind Mark to be, oh, pass ag, if you ask me. And he's like, I'm fine. Even though I often have to work with revolting people, one of which I even dated. And Nell's just ignoring him. And John's like, it's a wonder I didn't lose my penis to frostbite, really. And Mark's like, uh, anyway. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and he's like clearly working up the courage to ask something. Um, but he, he, it takes him a while. He like stumbles over his words a little bit. And he eventually gets out that he knows that John's close to Ali. So he's wondering if John thinks that he would be a match with Ali. And John's like, you and Ali? No. And... <laughs> Mark's like oh uh, why and he's like well the internals matter the most to Ali and you've got the depth of a bottle cap <laughs> and he's like that was that was cold of me I'm sorry it's what can happen when you hang out with a popsicle and at this we see now like bristle as she leaves the office and like she wants to say something back but she doesn't so um but she definitely heard that one and Mark's like oh well do you think she'd say no if I asked her and John's like look if you really want to go out with Ali, like just ask her. Like that's the best way. I can't speak for her. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, I think Mark interested in Ali, eh? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really surprised that this is coming, but anyway, like I I do um I'm not sure that I've seen it coming. It's not really been signposted well in my opinion we've had mark make that whole kind of like oh is it because you're attracted to me kind of speech yeah but remember that scene was really fucking weird because we couldn't work out whether he was just saying that to snap her out of feeling ill yeah or whether i think he really does weird attempt it was weird (laughs) do you think yeah but then he was like a ninja like it was weird. weird. I don't yeah, understand. absolutely weird. But I think that's that's what that is. And also, like, God, John is being so petty with now. Like it is insane. Like it's gonna get him into trouble. Absolutely. And it I think kind of serve him right. Like you can't speak about people like that. Like you're the boss. You can't speak about people like that in that way. Even though she's been shitty. Yes. Like, you can't... Like, that's the risk you run when you decide to date someone exactly. who works for you, right? You've kind of got nothing... Nothing to... You've got no leg to stand no, on once that happens. No, you suck it up, mate. Like, yeah. you, you put yourself in that situation. Um, yeah. It's just... Yeah, but... Um, and also, I kind of felt like John being like, well, you have the depth of a bottle cap. I was like, hold on a minute, John. Like, I, I can't say, like, I like Mark, but we don't actually know him that well, like, to know no, exactly. whether, what what depths he has yet. Like, I thought that down. was a bit out of nowhere as yeah. well. Yeah, it was a bit weird. A bit strange. Um, So, back to the sexy time computer mystery man um (laughs) ali is now on renee's computer at her office um talking to him on a word document (laughs) which 
as we previously stated, is not how either email or chat rooms work. So yeah. Um, But this time, Renee is kind of watching over her shoulder, um, desperately trying to see what it is that he's saying and like what's happening. Um, And Ali's like, no, do not look. It is private, like trying to push her away. But she manages to sneak a peek at Ali's email name, which is Loverlips. Which reminds me, what were some, did you ever have like a really embarrassing, terrible, like first early email name or were you too young for that to be a problem? Uh, I think I was too young for that to be a problem because the only emails I've got are like, um, or maybe I shouldn't give out my personal email on a podcast. No. I was going to say, yeah. these aren't current emails, yeah, are they? No, yeah. I don't think you should use those. I've, I've only got two email addresses and the first one I got when I was 16. So I was uh, slightly less. Uh, I think I was slightly... But you still use it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. So all the emails that I set up when I was like around this time, when I was that age, was... Um, uh, they're all like defunct. I don't use them anymore because I don't think you could show your face with these email addresses. So one of mine was that underscore thong 25. <laughs> which you can tell I, 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 but, you know, it was, must have, I think that thong came, that the thong song, Cisco's thong song came out around, was it 2000? It must have been around now because I'm pretty sure. Let's have I'm a look. pretty sure that was when I had my first email address. <laughs> had you even worn a thong at this point? When you made the... Yeah, I had. Oh, yeah. I definitely had. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. now. I, I like. I, oh, wore, released... I used to wear thongs. It was released in 1999. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I've, I've had that email address at least a year. Um, and yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I must have been like 14, 15. Yeah, I had thongs then, but oh only because I felt like that was the right thing to do. And now I'm like, thongs are the worst they're underwear. Awful. Like, talk about hygiene. Like, they're terrible. Like, I would never go near one these days. But yeah, at the time, it was meant to be cool. They were selling them in like Topshop and Miss Selfridge. Is that the um, only embarrassing email address that you, you had? No, I had one that was... Um, <laughs> So a bit later, I had one that was um, called Angel's Dust. <laughs> and that was from a song lyric. That was from a Red Hot Chili Peppers song lyric. And it wasn't until like a year later, someone was like, you realize Angel Dust is like code for PCP, <laughs> the drug. And I was like, no. Oh my God, everyone's a drug addict. <laughs> You're like, I just so, yeah. those were my email names but can i just say i still think neither of those are as bad as lover lips <laughs> no i think lover lips is way more embarrassing absolutely um i mean even georgia who isn't even paying that much attention she's like working on the sofa on a case and she's like laughing in the background um but then eventually because ali's sent a message out there to see if he's there he eventually replies and Ali's like aha um and he's agreed to meet her tonight and Renee is looking over and she realizes that his email name is thunder thighs love a love a lips and thunder thighs it's like stretch two ten half a girl <laughs> 
yeah it's just like ridiculous ridiculous but yeah because <laughs> thunderflies aren't meant to be good are they they're meant to be like well never... i mean i don't agree with it but it's meant to be like oh no i've got really big thunderflies like oh dear i always thought thunder i can't even say it thunder thighs were like um used to uh, like th- it was something that was thrown at like women um it, th- it sounds yeah, like a weird I've heard it thing more at women. to for a, a guy to call himself thunder thighs yeah like, i don't understand why yeah. a guy would do that especially when we see him yeah anyway. <laughs> yeah like surely it'd be like pretty pecs or beautiful buns <laughs> Delicious dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thunder thighs is Anyway, back in court, Peter Hanks is now testifying. So he's like the best friend. So he's saying that he began to fall in love with uh, this woman. um, And at some point he decided to act on it. And it was the point where... Um, they'd all gone to a bar, all three of them, and Jimmy had to leave suddenly for work. So Peter was left there with Susan, who's the name of the wife. And there was this singer who was singing. It was like a piano bar. Um, And at this point, as he's testifying, Ali starts to drift into imagining a fantasy where she is the woman in question at dinner um, with Brian, the British lawyer, um, and she's having dinner with him and Rhonda's singing like a slow version of a song called Do You Want to Dance by Bobby Freeman. Um, and as Peter says um, in his testimony, he's saying, oh, finally, I couldn't take it any longer. And I asked her to dance. And at that point, Ali imagines her and Brian getting up to dance and Brian's holding her and they're just looking into each other's eyes. And Peter is saying on voiceover, it was like we had either been together our whole lives or we should have been. And then I don't know if I went to kiss her or she went to kiss me, but suddenly we were there kissing right there on the dance floor. And my God, it was the most tender, most magical kiss there could be. And Ali is so into this fantasy, like imagining her and Brian kissing. Brian. Uh, that she has like, <laughs> Brian, Brian, Brian. Brian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 those are my lover lips. <laughs> um, but yeah. But she's, you know, she's so into it. She's imagining their kissing and she's got her eyes closed. And then she does this like really loud, dreamy sigh, like, <sighs> and Vonda's track distorts and stops. And then she opens her eyes and realizes she's that everyone is looking that. at her. <laughs> and particularly Brian is looking at her like, eh? like what are you doing? <laughs> Well, at least she didn't laugh um, coquettishly at herself. Because <laughs> that would have been yes, even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, back, yeah, at least she didn't just start wanking in the middle of the courtroom. That would have been embarrassing. So, <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs> so, 
back with Nell and she is telling Ling that she is thinking of leaving and she's asked Ling to come with her to start their own firm because she thinks they've got the clients um, to make more money if they do that. Um, But Ling is not keen. She's like, one, I'm already rich. And two, I only come to work to show off my outfits and you've already seen them. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was really funny. Um, And she said, and also she would have to talk to clients and she hates clients. And Nell's like, but do you actually like working for Mutt and Jeff? And she's like, yes, they're fun. And Nell, who is barking up the complete wrong tree, but never mind, is like, yeah, fun, maybe, but wouldn't you like to work with real lawyers? And Ling's like, no. "No." (laughs) And Nell's like, fine. Uh, And she's like, well, I guess I'll just have to leave on my own and maybe join a big firm. And Ling's like, do you have any idea how long it's going to take you to make partner in a big firm? And Nell seems to think, though, that between her portables, her hair and sexual harassment laws, she will be partner in a month. <laughs> and Ling seems unconvinced. I'm just like, oh, why are you making her so hateable? Because that is such like a fucking terrible, like, do you yeah, know what I mean? Attitude. Like, yeah. I'm going to set out to... Uh, abuse sexual harassment law to wing my way Climb up the corporate, the corporate ladder. ladder like it's just like oh for yeah. fuck's sake like this this character is She's... taking disappointing turn after disappointing turn <laughs> it's just like a complete crucifixion of her yeah. character like talk about i mean it's not just a character assassination. It's like a complete like stomp on the grave. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. remember like right at the in season two when she first joined and she had that amazing like um when when Ali was like uh held in contempt of court because of her skirt and Nell came to her defense oh, yeah. and was that like was great. this amazing like you know uh, defense and you know uh, uh, and was so like right yeah. on and then to totally. have her be like this in the next season is just like oh I know god it's like, been such a u-turn yeah, like a real u-turn really horrendous but yeah back at the courthouse Ali is taking a drink of water at the water fountain and Brian comes up to her and is like, excuse me. And that startles her so that she ends up with like water around her chin, um, which Brian then dabs off with a hanky. And whilst he's doing that, she hears Vonda singing, For your love. Which I love. I I love that song. anything. Yes, such a good song. I love it. And Ali's like almost like nuzzling into the hanky. Like she's like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> like really like fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> like you are not a golden retriever, Ali. Like you need to stop. No, I know. <laughs> but then in a very, what I thought was a very Hugh Grant for weddings sort of demeanor, uh, Brian's like, 
I know this may sound like a rather a Neanderthal pickup line, but uh, have we met before? Uh, you were looking at me before like you knew me. Um, and Ali goes into like coy flirty mode and she's like, oh no, I just like to distract opposing counsel by looking at them as if I want to tear off their clothes and lick them from head to toe. And he's like, oh, here I was hoping it was genuine. Oh, never mind. <laughs> and Ali's like... <laughs> Alex like, well, my tongue, my, yeah. terribly sorry. Silly of me. How silly of me. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, and Ali is like, oh no, but my tongue is free later. And then she's like, kidding. Um, but then he he does ask her for coffee. Um, but he says he can't do it today because he's got plans later. And Ali's like, huh? Plans, huh? What plans? Business plans? Business plans? Personal plans? What, what, what kind of plans? Later? After court? What? what, what? Because she's obviously thinking, well, I've got plans later and you might be, you said lips in one of your questions. So that means you are... Your plans, plans. Like, um, but yeah. Your plans might be like my plans. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, he does say he's got personal plans. Yeah. But she basically, she agrees to meet him for coffee tomorrow um, anyway. And then it is back to the courtroom they go because it is Ali's turn to cross-examine Peter. So she asks him why he lied for two years. Like, why didn't he just tell Jimmy what was going on? Why did he just keep pretending to be his friend? And Peter says it's because he was afraid of losing his friendship. And Ali's like, oh, so you were afraid of losing his friendship, but then you slept with his wife. (laughs) And Brian just goes, objection go for ring and everyone's like what <laughs> and he's like oh sorry sorry everyone sorry your honor uh we we, we call it go for ring instead of badgering in england and i was like this is, this is not definitely true. not like, true what? <laughs> um and judge walsh like overrules this and ali continues and she's putting it to peter that he and susan uh, must have discussed like how to keep this affair secret from Jimmy. They must have made plans. They, they must have actually gone to quite great lengths to preserve this lie. And then Brian's like, Pope Paul gets up and he's like, and everyone again is like, Pope Paul? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, oh, yes, no, I'm really sorry. Uh, in England, in objections to sarcasm, barristers would often say he's Winston Churchilling the witness. And over the years, it got shortened to just church and Somehow it morphed into Pope Paul. I don't know why. It's uh, rather silly, really. (laughs) And I was like, again, this is not true. Uh, I don't know what kind of, uh, like, type of person people think we are in Britain, but we're not all Hugh Grant from forwarding to a funeral. (laughs) But yes. Um, so now it is time for Ali to actually meet her mystery computer sex man. Um, <laughs> mystery computer <laughs> sex man. <laughs> mystery. <laughs> um, so she's at a restaurant and Renee is there with her. Um, and she's kind of wondering if it really is the lawyer. So Renee's like saying, you sure it's him? And Ali's like, he looked right at me and he said he had a meeting to get to after court like what else do you think that could be and he said lover and lips in successive questions and Renee's like yeah but did he say thunder or thighs (laughs) and Ali's like 
look, you've got to go. She's looking at her watch. Like, you've got to go. He's going to be here any minute. Um, And she asks her to go and sit at, like, a cafe across the street. So this is quite sensible. I like, if you're really meeting a stranger, like, you probably yeah, should. I think these are good precautions here. Yeah. And they kind of come up with this system that if he turns out to be this big weirdo, Ali's going to put her purse on the table where Renee would be able to see it. And that's when Renee it's a signal for Renee to come over and join them um, but if she she says if, if if I don't put my purse on the table I don't want to see your face <laughs> and Renee's like well if he's wearing a wedding ring you're putting the purse on the table and then she off she goes um, so back at the office John storms into Nell's office and slams the door and then he like knocks on it after it's closed behind him which I thought was quite funny and he's like Nell do you have the penalist Givitz file? And she's like, um, actually, uh, yeah, I do have that one in here. And John's like, well, why do you have it? And she's like, well, I believe I had to meet with Mr. Penalist Givitz because you were too busy being wedged into an elevator shaft with your skinny little legs sticking out with your unmatching socks. And John's like, well, I will take that file now, please. And Nell's like, fine, I'll have my secretary tell Mr. Penalist Givitz that you're out of the elevator shaft. <laughs> and John is like... Not happy with her. He whips the file away and stomps out. Um, So Ali is still waiting for her date to turn up. And there's this like montage of her like fiddling with the lamp on her table, like prodding her cheeks on her face, like moving around the water bottle, just generally like sighing and huffing and puffing as time goes by. Um, And she keeps looking over at Renee and she's like, (laughs) like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's not here yet. They keep shrugging at each other. Um, And then as she's just got her hand over her face, we hear someone go, love a lips. It's me, Thunder Thighs. And he's finally arrived and he sits down opposite her, except he is Jonathan Taylor Thomas from Home Improvement. <laughs> also, the so guy who voiced... He's a small child. Voiced young Simba <laughs> in Lion King. Yes. Uh, so he's young, clearly. He Not as young as he was in Home Improvement. Young. But he's a young boy. Um, and Ali is horrified and she's like oh uh what a surprise i was kind of expecting something older (laughs) like how how old are you and he's like i'm 19 and renee you just see the shot of renee looking aghast (laughs) from across the cafe she's like (laughs) and ali is like you said you were 33 and Jonathan Taylor Thomas is like, yeah, and you said you were 25 with this like creepy smirk on his <laughs> yeah, face. I know. And she's like, yeah, I, I did. But, you know, I probably did that because I thought like a 33-year-old guy would want someone who is 25. Oh, well, you know, what a bust this is, you know. Oh, trying to like laugh it off and being like, oh, well, you know, bye-bye. Um, but... JTT does not think so. Um, He says that we really connected when we talked and he asks her what her real name is and Ali lies and she says that she's called Pam. Um, And then she's like, Thunder. And he's like, no, 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 Chris. So we've learned his real name is Chris. Um, And she's like, okay, Chris, I don't think, you know, what would we really have in common But Chris is like, we've been writing to each other for months about everything. I think we've got a lot in common. Like, you're not going to let yourself get thrown by this whole age thing, are you? And Ali's like, 
uh, yeah, maybe I am. <laughs> She's like, I'm just wondering if we'd be that compatible. But then she has this fantasy gif moment where she imagines pulling off his jumper to see his like muscular arms in a tank top underneath. And she's like, ooh, trying to shake Except that out of her muscular. head. And I was like, Ali, <laughs> Ali. Well, I only like he—he's not topless, but you can see like his arms. There's, there's a little bit of definition I there. Like, it's not I was major, like, he but looks like the little boy he is. <laughs> well, there was a little bit. You could tell, like, there's some. It's like a teenage boy's like version of muscular, yeah, I, I suppose. Guess so. Um, he's not like a skinny weed, but he's not. Um, you know. Yeah. Okay. Not, He's not like a bodybuilder. Um, but yeah, um, Ali's just like trying to shake that vision off. And I was a bit like, Ali, this is completely inappropriate. Like, what the <laughs> fuck do you think you're doing? Um, but Chris is like, look, why don't we just have dinner and like find out? And Ali's like, um, okay. Uh, but she sort of looks at Renee and she's like, we should probably go somewhere else. Like, because she doesn't want to be, she doesn't want Renee judging her. Um, so they get up to leave and as they do that the police come in with his parents his mum even to arrest Ali because it turns out he's 16 not 19 he's 16 years old which I was, I was like Ali how do you get yourself into these well, situations I was just like I fucking knew it like as soon as he walked in I was like oh my god he's 15 and then when he was like I'm 19 I was like bullshit you are not 19 oh yeah <laughs> I wonder how old Jonathan Taylor Thomas was actually when he yeah that, I mean I don't that would know be quite interesting. but uh, he definitely didn't look 19 to me but um I, I what I love is <laughs> What I love is that when that happens... He actually was. He was 19 the year this came oh, out. Really? So the year he filmed this. So, well, yeah. Well, yeah. didn't look it to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what I really love about this scene is when the police turn up and, like, uh, go to arrest Ali, like, Renee still sat at the table just watching it all down, yeah, go down. Like, she's not actually getting up to help. She's, like, sat there, like, with popcorn, like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I know. She stays there, like, staring. Like, shit. Like, oh, shit. Eat popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> so... In the courthouse, I assume the next day, um, Mark is walking with Ling um, because he's now getting up to speed on the fact that Ling is now second chair due to Ali being <laughs> predisposed with being arrested <laughs> for statutory rape. Um, but Ling is like, I've read the file and I'm up to speed. And Mark's just like, what? <laughs> like, what is going, going on? on? As are John and Richard, who are in the jail cell with Ali, trying to figure out what the fuck's happened here. And Ali's telling them that it was like this big mistake. She thought he was 33 because he said he was the entire time, except at the end when she thought he was 19. But she never knew that he was 16 until his mother jumped out. <laughs> and John is looking at her file and he's like it says here that there's an allegation of computer sex and Ali's like only once oh and then she's like oh my god and she just realizes I had computer sex with a 16 year old 
And Richard, obviously, is fascinated by the concept of computer sex. And he's about to ask exactly what computer sex is. Um, and he's like, was it a big computer or a little palm pilot? And John and Ali, like, cut him off. And Ali's like, I don't want Richard on my case. And John's like, don't worry. Like, he assures her that he's going to make this go away. And then Richard is like, what was the name of the computer? Like, was it software or was it hardware? And John and Ali, like, both shove him against the bars of the cell. And Richard's like, bygones. You ask the tough questions. <laughs> I just love how it's basically like, which is like, oh, sex is on computers now. <laughs> yeah. So a whole new world has just opened up to Richard. Yes. Um, so they go into the courtroom for Ali's arraignment and John, Richard and Renee are there representing Ali because they tell the judge the charges are so outlandish that it takes three lawyers to convey the necessary outrage. <laughs> and the judge asks how old the boy is um, and asks him to stand up. And Chris stands and he's sort of looking at her like flirting with his eyes. And the judge, who's like this older lady, is like, like caught in his spell yeah, she's like I, staring I at him I was gonna say did you pick up on this because I was like she looks yeah. like strangely wistful at him it's really weird yeah because John asks for an immediate probable cause hearing and the judge has to almost like shake herself out of it like uh yeah yeah sure like two o'clock and I'm like guys stop perving on children what's wrong with going on also the uh, <laughs> actress that plays the judge is um a woman called Holland Taylor who I yes. mainly remember from Legally Blonde did you ever yes that's right yeah. you are right yes I knew I recognized her from somewhere yeah but at first like when when she looks at him and is like weirdly distracted by him I was just like has he catfished the judge too at some point like, <laughs> is, is this a look yeah. of recognition like I don't understand what this is it's bizarre <laughs> I think he's just meant to come across as like disarmingly charming for a 16 year old yeah. and like he's clearly cute like he's a cute boy like he was a teen heartthrob like loads of girls at oh, my school who were obsessed with him yeah um and so I think he's known to be attractive and so it's like oh you've got this spell that any women that comes, no matter how appropriate they are for you or not, is under your spell, and you've learnt that from a young age. Right. Um, but yeah, it's like it's, but it's still it weird. I don't like it. Um, meanwhile, elsewhere in the courthouse, Brian is questioning Susan um, on the stand because she's saying um, she's saying that she didn't choose to fall in love. But she didn't tell her husband because at the time, like, they didn't know if it was going to be, like, this short affair or not. And she didn't want it to just destroy her marriage for something that could have been relatively short-lived. Um, and as she's speaking, Ali sneaks into the courtroom. Um, and then Mark crosses and he's like, yeah, okay, so you didn't choose to fall in love, but you did choose to sleep with him. And Susan's like, yeah. And Mark's like, and the decision to lie, like that was a choice too, wasn't it? When you knew that this true love was real, did you then tell your husband? And Susan's like, no. Um, and a Mark's kind of getting a bit aggressive and Ali starts frowning a little bit. I guess she's like wondering why, um, because they're not suing 
Susan. No. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't make sense for them to go in on her. But Mark um, continues and he's like, well, then how did he find out about it? And she's like, well, he walked in on us. And Mark starts screaming like, is that when you decided to be honest about it? When he walked in and discovered your legs spread? And Brian objects. And the judge is like, Mr. Albert. But Mark just keeps going. He's like, till death do you part, Mrs. Hanks. You took a vow with that man. Or were you just lying at that ceremony too? And Judge Walsh is like, Mr. Albert, I said that is enough. And that eventually like gets through to Mark. And he like just does this final look of like daggers at Susan. And then he goes to sit down. I mean, it's proper like hostile and like horrible. I mean, the whole like line of questioning can be boiled down to him just being like, ha, ha, ha. Exactly, exactly. Really horrible. I know. Um, So Ali pulls him aside, like, once they're out of the courtroom, and it's like, what the fuck was that, Mark? Like, you were harder on her than you were on the guy that we're suing. And Mark's, like, weirdly calm, like, creepily calm, because he's like, we just need to have the jury's anger. And Ali's like, well, can we talk about your anger? And he's like, no, we cannot. And Ling's like, I'm bored. And Mark's like, well, go then, Ling. And, you know, Ali's back. I don't need you. And Ling's like, that hurt my feelings. And she leaves. And Mark goes to follow her as Brian calls out Ali's name um, and gets her attention. And it's like, oh, should we we go for that coffee since, you know, they're not doing closings until the afternoon? And Ali's about to say yes, but then she realizes that she can't because... (laughs) She's got a probable cause hearing to get to. And Brian's like, oh, ha, 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 hopefully not your own. And she's like, who told you? Does everybody know everything? And Brian's like, oh, uh, I was I was kidding. Uh, is, is it your own? And Ali's like, ah, oh, well, yeah, actually it is. It's, it's like a small, like a parking ticket type thing, you know, statue. And Brian's like, statue? And Ali's like, Tory, statutory, rape. <laughs> trying to explain how this happened and how you know it was just pg sexual computer correspondence like nothing r maybe a little r but definitely not nc 17 which is good because he turned out to be 16 and brian seems to have this look on his like he's not saying anything he's just letting ali like ramble but he's got his tongue in his cheek as though he's finding the whole thing like highly amusing but he's trying not to laugh um but she 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 just ends with i I i really am innocent yeah. promise like <laughs> so I think we can take from the little interaction between Ali and Mark that Mark has definitely been cheated on in the past um yeah and, uh well I don't know I was gonna it. come on to that um I was gonna come on to that in a bit because I don't know I mean that is one way of looking I, at it, I, I suppose I but he's being very that's odd definitely the implication um and also, I don't know about you, but I found Ling, like, super adorable when she was like, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> I was like, oh, Yeah, Ling. and then she walked off. I was like, Mark, there's no need to take this out on Ling. She hasn't cheated on you. Um, but yeah. Yeah. 
So John is representing Ali at her probable cause hearing and he questions her to establish the fact that Chris had told her that he was 33. Um, And then John's like, and how old did you say you were? And Ali's like, is that important? (laughs) Like to gritted teeth. But then the judge forces her to answer the question and she says... she said that she was 25 and she's really reluctant to admit that. And the judge just goes, please. <laughs> she was like, excuse me. Well, Ali gives and, her such a like, like dagger eyes, like side eye when yeah. she does that. Um, and she's, she's so like distracted by the fact this judge has just dissed her that John has to be like, uh, hello, hello, <laughs> next question, like coming up, like, get her attention back and John's like oh what was the stuff that you talked about and she's like oh you know like everyday stuff books and movies like we didn't really talk that much about sex um and when she says sex the mic sort of gives feedback it like squeals and then she's like did, I, did anyone else hear that and the judge is like no um and John's uh, and Ali's like figures and jo- then John's like did you know at any point he was underage and she's like no never absolutely not and then the opposing counsel questions her and it's like didn't he talk about his parents a lot and Ali's like yeah but so do lots of people and then the lawyer asks her what he said his favorite movie and tv show was and Ali's like <laughs> the spy who shagged me and Dawson's Creek <laughs> and I was like Ali <laughs> Jesus oh Christ God. and her excuses that she's like, a lot of old men perv on nubile teens. <laughs> and when she says nubile teens, the mic does that squeaky thing again. <laughs> and then the lawyer asks her about the one time that they did end up having computer sex. And she's like, yes, we talked about sex one time for the purposes of arousing each other. But I never knew that he was 16 when we talked about sex. And as she's saying this sentence, like the mic keeps going loud <laughs> on like, pertinent words in a <laughs> sentence which I think is really funny and she kind of finishes with this like entire sentence being on mic squeal where she's like I don't get my jollies helping young boys to get erections trust me and Renee Richard and John like take, take a moment <laughs> oh dear it does not look good so <laughs> yeah after this Ali goes to see Mark back at Cajun Fish and he seems in this state of like deep thinking. He's just like staring out the window and Ali is like, she basically is trying to ask him why he had such a big go at Susan like that. And he's like, again, he just says, I was just trying to get the jury to be outraged. Like it was a strategy. And she's like, well, it looked like more than that. And he just goes, well, your judgment could be clouded there. Uh, I've heard it happens to people who are on trial for statutory rape. And Ali's like, well, what's the strategy in that remark? And he's like, I'm sorry. And then she asks if he's really okay. And he looks like he wants to say something. And we know from his conversation with John earlier that he wants to ask her out. So he's just like, would you ever want to... And then he's like, do the closing. So he's like chickened out. Of yeah. It. And then he just immediately goes, actually, never mind. That's ridiculous. Never mind. Um, I'll just get back to work on my summation. Um, and Ali's like looking at him weirdly. And this is where I'm like, I don't think he's mad because he's been cheated on before. 
I think what they're trying to say is that he's mad because he likes Ali and she's clearly interested in other people that aren't him. Oh, really? Yes, because we keep getting these looks. Like when Brian came up earlier and was like, oh, Ali, how about we go for that coffee now? As Mark, after she was telling him off about screaming um, and Ling did that thing and like walked off. He, when Brian was like, Ali, Mark looked back at Brian and just looked like, and like, well, like so he's not happy about no, Brian. But I think and he's also, I think true. he's upset about the fact, but I think she's also, well, maybe, but like, I think the stronger point that we're meant to take away is that he is essentially butthurt by the fact that she is interested in men that aren't but him. I, th- I, yeah. I think both could be true. I think, because I, yeah. I definitely spotted some of those looks that he gave, like, especially later on, there's a very obvious yeah. look that he gives um, yeah. Ali um, when she's with Brian. Um, uh, but but narratively, <sighs> that also makes more sense because we've had no backstory. No, and, but like, I you'd think, think I if think they were trying is... to say that he'd been cheated on, I feel like they would have brought that I out know, a bit, I, I, I they think, haven't. I wonder whether this is just like the first hints of that and like maybe we'll get it in a later episode that his backstory maybe. is that he was cheated think, on. I just think the fact that they've included this other stuff and no backstory... I'm like, that's what they want us to think. I personally think it's um, the the reason he went hard. I, I think it's effectively both. I think the reason he's gone okay. hard on, on the wife on the stand is because either he's been cheated on by a girlfriend or maybe he himself was once married and has been cheated on because he he really goes hard. No one's married Mark. No, well, <laughs> um, but I mean, because he really goes in on her, especially on kind of like you took vows and were you just lying and all this kind of thing that makes me think, no, this is this is striking a really personal chord for him. Um, and at the okay. same time, he is into Ali and she is not reciprocating those feelings. So I reckon... Um, yeah if i was going to put money on it it's a bit of column a and a little bit from column b <laughs> like... i reserve the right to be wrong but i think we've only seen column b like we haven't seen any of column a yet so i think, I'm like, a I think that's what we implied, think. heavily implied okay <laughs> we shall All right. see we'll find out i guess yeah, we'll find out we will. so back at Back at the probable cause hearing, I mean, really, Ali is just like all over the place. I mean, okay? she's, she's like, run back, 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 back. Yeah. <laughs> she's really got her step count in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chris is now on the stand saying that he did intend to lie because he had met girls his own age at school um, and he wanted to hook up with an older woman, like someone with real experience. And John, that causes John to stutter a, a little bit. Um, and uh, then John asks him about the emails um, and he's like, isn't it true that they weren't really like that sexual in nature? Uh, and Chris is like, yeah, only the last one. And it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, and then we met. Oh my God. And John's like, wait a minute nothing nothing happened after you met right and Chris is like well no but I was wanting to meet an older woman and she said she was 25 and when I saw her she was more like 35 like a dream and Ali is just like face palming on the desk 
And then the judge <gasps> is amused and she's like, why was it like a dream, Chris? Um, and Chris just gives her this like cheeky grin. And he's like, well, The Graduate is one of my favorite movies. And she said it was one of hers as well. And Ali is like fully covering her face, like mortally embarrassed. And Chris continues and he says that apparently Ali had told him that she thinks that society so accepts old men going after younger girls. Hooray for the older woman that pursues the young boy. And he was like, I couldn't wait to meet her. And she turned out to be older than Anne Bancroft. And he's like talking about it as though he's just like, like managed to swap like... (laughs) He's just swapped, like, the Pokemon Go, like, Top Trump's card. Do you know what I mean? He's like, I got one that was older than Anne Backprop. I got the jackpot. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's just, like, over the moon at his luck. Um, And at this point, Ali's head is, like, just fully on the desk, like, absolutely dying with shame. Um, And John just goes, look, did she ever know you were a young man? And Chris is like, no. And John is like, thank you, Chris, for your delightful testimony. I mean, it was very funny, but was it me? Or was the judge actually flirting with Chris, like, when he was on the stand? Like, because she's like, oh, you know, tell us, like, what you mean, like, Chris. I know. She's proper, like, yeah, like, I felt like there was... I was like, you need to calm down, lady. <laughs> I know. It was really inappropriate. It you're supposed to be judging here. Like... <laughs> I know. Well, Ali comes out of the courtroom and... Um, I guess because she's got to make it over to the other one because, you know, she's all over the place. Um, and... She is expressing her displeasure at John's performance in there. And John's like, how was I supposed to know that you idolized Anne Bancroft love lips? And he's like, I tried to leave it at him testifying that you never knew his age, but the little bastard kept adding things. And Ali's like, three lawyers, he calls me 35 and not one of you objects. And Richard is like, look, let's look at the positive side. She didn't revoke bail. And Ali pushes him again. And Renee's like, all right, let's all just settle down and go for coffee and wait for the ruling to come in. Um, But Ali's like, I can't. I have to move along to what is probably my last trial before I get disbarred. (laughs) Um, So back at closings in the Bender Hanks case, um, Mark closes first. And his argument is that there are very few things in life as precious as friendship. Um, It can even be the best part of marriage. And he said, if we don't associate a duty with it, a duty of loyalty, honesty, care, care, then what have we got really? Is it too much of a burden to ask that friends be honest with each other? And then Brian says that nobody is suggesting that we devalue friendship. Um, And Brian agrees that there are few things in life to cherish more. And it is like marriage. It can have the same intensity of emotion and it can be just as complex. And he said it could be predicated on deep childhood bonds or in this town, simply the Red Sox. And he says, like marriage, friendship is difficult to quantify. And like marriage... The courts have no business trying to assess blame when one falls apart. So Peter and Susan feel a great deal of contrition for causing Mr. Bender pain. And everyone here, including Mr. Bender, knows that that was not what they intended. 
Um, and then as Brian goes to sit, Ali's pager beeps because the judgment has come in on her statutory rape charge. So Ali rushes over to the other side of the courthouse um, and she comes into the courtroom panting as the judge is in the middle of entering. Um, and the judge basically very quickly is like, there is no evidence that Ms. McBeal knew that she was communicating with a minor. So the charges are dismissed and everyone gets up to like rise for the judge to leave. But the judge is like, but before we adjourn... <laughs> Let me assume the role of an older but wiser Mrs. Solomon. I imagine you'd like that. And she's like <laughs> looking at Chris. And then she goes, now, I don't think Ms. McBeal is a predator, but there are plenty out there. And meeting up in person with someone you only know through email, that's insane. You're lucky that this is all that's happened. And that concludes David E. Kelly's after school special episode <laughs> about the dangers of online dating. <laughs> judge talking to here because as we've said before the way Ali conducted herself was actually really sensible and like she had someone there waiting at another table to make sure she was okay and all that whereas uh, you know Chris absolutely he's like did the absolute bonkers thing and ran up to but it's it does speak to this era's uh like the mainstream I think panic about oh god if you're on the internet nobody knows who you really are so you could be anyone and they'll murder you do you know what I mean yeah like, that was just like the automatic assumption it was like a huge like stranger danger yes. thing about the internet yes. um in the in the kind of this period of time um and it's just really funny because if you see how it's evolved yeah like going it's on the less... internet everyone's connected yes. to the internet everyone's on tinder like the thought of meeting up with someone that you only know from the internet is really not a problem anymore so it's just like it's just quite funny it is but i think it's probably to do with things like you know if you think about it like social media has really helped that become or at least feel like it's less of a danger because now you can go on Facebook and be like, oh, this is a real person who has family and yeah. friends and I can see them interacting with these people. This isn't just yeah, a random person. But the danger's still there. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's why cat, Catfish is such a popular absolutely. show because you can absolutely pretend you to be someone totally else You can totally engineer easily. all of that stuff. Like, it's, it's you know, not difficult to fake that kind of stuff um well enough to fool yeah. people definitely but I just think yeah. that's probably what has lent it an air of like safety that um yeah you know what I mean sure. um that it just yeah you just couldn't have in the 90s because it was literally you were no. just meeting people on chat like rooms. the wild west yeah exactly yeah um or by email but I think also <laughs> But I think it's interesting that the danger has not Past. gone away. No. The same danger is there. Um, and it's just that uh, I think people have, as you say, have the perception that it's safer. It's actually not. But I think the problem, the thing is, in, in, in many ways, it's actually more insidious because it's harder to spot mm. when someone's not being... Not right. Um, ...who they say they are. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, it's just funny how I guess that attitude has changed because I think with the internet very often 
it's basically just a reflection of society and there are shit people in society who are going to do bad nefarious things and you always have to be on the lookout for yeah. them yeah it's just whether whether we were in the 90s or whether it's now that's still true mm. and it's probably the same percentage of people that are using yes. the internet overall yes. it's just that there were less people in the 90s using it so more people were like oh god well this is ridiculous yeah. whereas now everyone's like oh no it's fine but it's like that percentage of people doing shit things is still there yes. like you still have to be careful yeah so it's just funny yeah. how attitudes have changed but actually the danger hasn't yeah it's just different that's very yeah. true yeah um yeah so this was yeah basically david e kelly telling everyone off for using the internet to meet people um so as they are packing up to leave um renee is telling ali that she hopes that she's learned her lesson and ali's like hang on a minute you were the one who told me to meet i love that moment and chris Chris comes up and it's like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean for this to happen. And Ali's like, look, why don't you just go and find a nice 17 year old? And Richard goes, and if she has a friend. <sighs> and this is my Because oh. I'm like, I know that he's joking, but also he's really actually probably not. Like if he saw a 17 year old in a situation where it was like he could talk to her, I just think it's this, there's still that like double standard that they were talking about earlier. Like it's still somehow seen as okay or funny for older men to prey on much, much younger women. Um, And that's like, that's really icky. Like that's not cool. And I was like, also what is wrong with everyone? Like, why do they think that's cool? Like, you know, there's that, line from dazed and confused like the matthew mcconaughey character where he's like i get older they stay the same age and i'm like that was a sad sad caricature in a movie it's not meant to be like a life motto that you stick to like i'm not it's not funny i don't find that sort of comment funny from richard no so i just thought i'd throw in my objection there yeah um so chris asks ali for a kiss just one kiss to say goodbye and Ali looks like she's actually considering it as Renee and John come over her shoulders and they're like on the cheek and Ali's like oh fine (laughs) and she pecks him on the cheek and Chris is like delighted and I was just like guys you really should not be doing this after what you've just like been through and even Renee and John are like Uh honey like no this is not good So, wrapping up the Nell storyline from this episode, um, Richard and John come back to the office and they see Elaine and they let her know that Ali's a free woman. And then John sees Nell and he's like, oh, Nell, this is, uh, you're just the person I want to see. And Nell's like, well, if it's naked, you're out of luck. And John pushes Richard out the way so he can be like face to face with her. And he's like, I'd sooner puke my intestines and snorkel in them than see you naked. And I was like, what a line. That is brilliant. I love that. That's an insult. (laughs) And then he has a go at Nell because he has spoken to Mr. Penaliskiewicz from the file earlier. And it turns out she didn't just have one meeting while he was stuck in the elevator. He's found out that she has been calling him and telling him that it's in his best interest to let Nell handle his work. And John is like, why have you done that? And Nell's like, because it's the truth, you 
little mayor of Munchkinland. Penalist Skivitz is kind of a weird name. He doesn't need to walk into court with a weird lawyer. You little imp. And then she storms off. And John is like, she called me the mayor of Munchkinland. And Richard is like, and a little imp. And I was like, oh, oh, this is getting super is unpleasant, it. isn't it? Well, it's not going to end no. well, that's for sure. Um, and then, back in the Bender and Hanks case, Judge Walsh sounds about as enthused with this case as I am. Because he's like, look, the jury reached a verdict. And then he's like, oh, just never mind, it. just read it. And it turns out that the jury has found in favour of Jimmy Bender and they've asked Peter Hanks to pay him damages of $10,000. Now, that um, is interesting because that is a win, technically, for Mark and Ali, but they're both not happy because Mark is like, is that the price you put on friendship? And Ali's like, no, that's the price they put on love and looks, like, fed up at that. And I'm like, guys, you, you won. won. Like, and- there's no... No need to be so upset about it. And also, I mean, we'll come on to this yeah, in retrial, absolutely. but I don't, I'm not sure. All I'm gonna I think say I should be just grateful. <laughs> yeah. But then Brian comes up asking if Ali still wants to go for a coffee. And he goes, even though I'm a bit old for you. And I was like, oh. and Ali's like, on, funny. And she's like, haven't, haven't I scared you away? And Brian's like, well, I'm daunted, but I'm addicted to caffeine. And Ali's like, okay, well, why don't I buy you a drink? And as they're leaving, Ali looks back at Mark and this is probably the bit that you notice where he's like staring at her looking really unhappy. And I was like, Mark, stop being butthurt. (laughs) Like, we don't need this. No. Longingly. Hit this in the bud. Like like a wounded puppy looking at uh, Ali as she walks out with Brian. Yeah. Yeah. So in the final scene, Ali is on a date with Brian and they've made it to the bar and Vonda's singing a song called Hold On To What You Got by Joe Tex. Um, And Ali is asking, (laughs) Ali's asking Brian whether the Pope Paul thing is real. And he's like, no. (laughs) And also gophering. Unsurprisingly, it was also made up. And I was like, see? (laughs) Um, and then we cut over to Richard and John who are at another table and Richard's trying to cheer him up um, because he's, he's still really grumpy after Nell being mean to him. And he's like, look, John, I know you're hurt, but don't you think Nell's hurt a little bit too? John says, no, she's a rich bitch, elitist snob, vicious witch, ice queen on a good day and a tight wad cheap ass too because I paid for everything. <laughs> and Elaine and Renee, who are also there, are like oh my god like whoa (laughs) okay don't hold back can i just throw in my objection because a i realized i have not thrown in my objection because i forgot to come up with one (laughs) (laughs) so this is my last chance i was was thinking when i threw in an objection i was like but this actually That's the first time you've ever done yeah, that yeah it is um but this is yeah. actually a real bugbear of mine when men complain about spending money on women especially in regards yeah, okay. to like the way he's doing it in terms of like being like oh and i've paid for everything so she's like right tight and all this kind of thing and it's like Right, he's my teeth left in Lucy. <laughs> but it's like, it's that thing of like, hang on a second. Did 
did anyone hold a gun to your head and make you pay for yeah yeah don't pay for things if you don't actually want to pay for things like if you're just gonna resent paying for dinners and things like that then don't fucking do it do it because you want to do it whereas yeah uh, you know what I mean like I I just I get really yeah because you know some of my friends who are still like dating and things like they will tell me stories of men they've dated who have thrown this at them when it's time to like break up um and it's just like but you know we we did offer to go halves or we did offer to and you you wanted to be the big man and pay for everything and you know um and then at when we it all falls down and we break up like then it's something you can throw in my face like I made you do it when I fucking didn't and just it's a real bugbear I'm just like don't fucking pay for things if you don't actually really want to pay for them because then you're just a fucking dickhead like you're not being you're not a nice guy for paying for everything you're doing it because it feeds your ego or you just don't know how to say no I'd like to split this with you like I don't know do you know what I mean yeah yeah I get it and that's a good objection and I think it's funny because Richard's like well I can see you're softening (laughs) (laughs) like he's really not um yeah so back with brian and ali brian asks if after they've had their drink do they go home and hop onto their computers (laughs) and ali's like oh funny again and she's like no would you uh, will you dance with me and brian's like oh i'm not much of a dancer and ali's like well that's okay because i am i want a tina turner contest you know (laughs) I mean, I still it, the biggest mystery of this show to date, to be honest. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> and then um, the episode finishes with Renee asking John to dance to take his mind off how mad he is about Nell. And then Richard, Richard watches Ali and Brian dancing. And he's like, oh, Elaine, I think we've got something here. And Elaine's like, it's about time. And then Elaine asks Richard to dance and they get onto the dance floor and they both kind of cuddle up behind John dancing with Renee, which I thought was really cute. Um, But all alone on the other side of the bar is Mark sitting alone, being butthurt and watching them. And by them, I mainly mean Ali, who seems to be having a really great time with Brian. Brian. Yes. Yeah, I mean, quite. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not happy with this, with this, like, self-pity yes. angle that Mark's taking. Um, oh my so. goodness. There we go, end of the episode. Retrial. Bender versus Hanks. So yeah, what do you think? I've got things to say. Um, I don't think <laughs> Jimmy Bender should have gotten anything. Like, <laughs> I know. what happened to him, I know. like, right? sucks, but it's not illegal. And, like... <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I was like, you can't just sue someone for being a shit friend. Yes. Like, what he did was horrible and awful and yuck, but it's not illegal. And also, you don't actually owe him anything as your friend you don't have a legal duty to him like there's no 
you know, thing that you owed him that you've now ruined. Like, like you can't, you can't liken a friendship. But the problem was, the, the legal problem was, for, in my case, was the thing that Brian brought up in his closing. Like, you can't have your whole argument be like, a friendship is like a marriage, so you should owe a duty to someone, but then not apply the same standard that you would to a marriage, mm. which in that state, it's a no-fault state. Yeah. So if a marriage had broken up because someone had cheated, the courts would not in, assign then. blame yeah. in that situation. So you can't use that in your argument on the one hand, but then not apply the same standard. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's a do you double, know what I mean? Yeah. So I was just like, this this makes no yeah. sense. Your own argument doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. And it just, yeah, like you can't, you can't sue people because like they fell in love. They're terrible people. And, uh, but, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just think like, like you sound like it sounds like you were a pretty shitty husband like it sounds like yeah. you neglected her and then thought you could palm her yeah. off to your best friend to do all the hard emotional labor and but still you know yeah. reap the rewards of that like she's some like i say like she's your fucking puppy, puppy. like yeah. that just needs someone to come in and walk and feed her every day um but you can't do that because you know, you're, you're, you're at work, but you're going to reap the benefits of that work being done by someone else. <laughs> like, I'm just... I know. It, it's and really... I did think, like, Ali and Mark's reaction to actually winning the case, like, clearly they were hoping for more money, but I'm like, what planet are you on where you thought that you had a hope of winning? Yeah. Like, I'm but, surprised but that you won that in the first you place. You deserved like loads of money for that. Like exactly. I, the fact that, yeah, they thought that A, they deserve to win and B, deserve to win lots of money more than 10K is like astonishing to me. <laughs> yeah. Really, really, really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Verdict of the week. The jury's back. Who do you find? So I'm going to give John another guilty. Like, I get that Nell has been a proper dick and has been unpleasant to him and broke up with him in a really stupid and unfeeling, embarrassing way. But you are still her boss. You still hold the power here. And what you are doing is actually, you know, harassment and bullying. And it's yeah. illegal. Like, you are not allowed to do that. That is not okay. No, and I agree. I'm not surprised she's trying to fuck you over in business. Like, because you are... Yeah. You are just... Incapable of even being remotely civil to her at yeah. work. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's really not playing this well at no, all. No, he's being really um, fucking stupid. So I found Mark guilty because Ooh. I'm like, even if you were cheated on on the past, like the fact is, there's clearly something you're not happy about in terms of Ali dating someone else now and i'm sorry ali owes you nothing like you haven't even managed to ask her out yet um you do not have a right to take out the fact that you're annoyed that someone else got in there first on her like i am not here 
for Billy Butthurt version 2.0. Like, no, we just got rid of the first one. Off I don't want this back in my life. I do not want this back in my life. You need to nip this in the bud, Mark, and fast, because I am not tolerating it. It's not, it's not, I'm not having it. No, yeah, we can't just no. have him replace Billy this. in this way. Yeah, like, like nobody's replacing dance. Billy. We've been through this. We don't want to dance this dance. <laughs> no, I refuse. I do not want to dance. Um, so, yeah, so that is it. How are you feeling about uh, life in the McBeal-verse at the moment? Uh, are you happy about Brian? Um, and Ali's new dalliance with him and seeing how that's going um, or um, how are you feeling about Mark like he's been in the show for a few episodes now are you just as sort of met about him as us or do you think he's the best <laughs> thing since sliced Billy let us know um, we are on Twitter and Facebook at Bygones Podcast we are on uh, Instagram at Bygones Pod or you can email us at bygonespodcast at gmail.com um, but yeah, I guess until next time, bye, bye. guys! Bye.